Why do we keep fighting if there is no end in sight? Why don't wars ever go away? Throughout history, people have cried out how much they hate war and the pain it brings. What are your thoughts on this, Shin? Huh? I think that it's because, well, throughout history, there have always been stupid, selfish people. Like Blue Cosmos and the Atlantic Federation. Am I wrong? No. It's quite true. I assure you, there are many people like that. They want what others have. They hate and fear and despise those who are different. People continue to fight each other for reasons like these. However, war has another side. A more hopeless and unforgivable side. More merciless. And welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode Gundam Seed podcast that now has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I'm Tyler. Oh, uh, I guess my, my name is Zach. What were you contemplating over there? Were you just like... No, I think that was just a temporary 404 error. Zach not found. <laughs> Look like you were tripping out and watching the waveforms. Like, Where will you be when the Zach kicks in? Probably a little bit of that. Normally, you don't have the uh, laptop facing me, so I can't see the waveforms. This is probably dangerous that I can actually see them. <laughs> All right. I don't see. We're already screwed because I don't know the name of this episode, and I forgot the Xbox. The Hidden Truth. I write them down in my notes. That's good. We're going to be watching episode 19 this week, The Hidden Truth. They're called Phases. Don't, never mind that. I love how the first three things on your Crunchyroll are different Gundam series, Jeremy. Yeah, well, it's because I never use my cue for anything but this podcast, and I always forget. Two of those Gundam series are ones I have now completely watched on Crunchyroll. Man, and like I said, I, I'm going to stand by. Last episode was uh, the point of no return for Destiny. <laughs> like, abandon all hope you enter here. Um, because I don't hate this episode on the face of it, but boy, do I hate everything it sets up. And there are plenty of problems with it on the face of it, too. I guess I don't hate the pacing of the, this episode. I agree we need a slow one. I honestly, today, I was like, I watched the episode and tried to honestly think about, like, okay, now try and do a quick review in your head before we get started, and I honestly couldn't think of, like, anything important that actually happened here. Uh, you get to see Mir's sweet custom mobile suit. Not important, but definitely worth my time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you get to see the guy piloting the other mobile suit or is it that one it's that like one. moving the hands back and forth it, it is the one that, that she's scene. on but she's not on the pink one is it yeah no she's standing on the pink she's okay. standing on the pink one's hands so actually no it's that guy's sweet mobile suit i don't know who he is yeah anytime mirrors on screen 100 worth it and then there's the rest of this episode and we get to be confused about what shin's headspace is i guess next week spoilers will kind of get some insight into that although it doesn't really clear anything up in my opinion humble or um, otherwise yeah i it's kind of it's still kind of unclear 
This episode, like, we get an introduction of a new character, but I think he has a line and it's not an important one. I don't even know if he has a line. As well as a... Or name. We do get a new mobile suit, but it doesn't do anything. It raises some economic questions for me, but it's neither here nor there. I actually had no particular problems with this episode, except I do hate this episode for one particular reason. And we'll get into that when we get there. Uh, That sounds like a good transition into the episode. But first, if for some reason you're starting with episode 19, if you only want the bad part of Destiny, there'll be three boys. One's angry, one's angry, and one's sad. The sad one cheered up a little bit because he's on an underwater boat with his girlfriend and his Pseudo parents, his We're real parents all are on it's a like white cool, base submarine. It, it's cool Aunt Maru and cool Aunt Walt or cool <laughs> Uncle Waltfeld. Well, maybe no, I cool just want Aunt Waltfeld. I don't know. Now I just want Waltfeld sewing a coffee quilt. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, coffee cozy. I was gonna say 100% you know he makes doilies. <laughs> like <laughs> I can see that. I think he mainly just makes cozies. Yeah. Those are also easier. I also, he's only think, got the one hand, so. I, I honestly don't think Waltfeld cares about doilies or, you know, uh, coasters, but definitely got to keep the coffee warm. Now, so he cares about getting stains on his table, but he used to just have a decasa to just replace the table for him, and now he doesn't have that anymore. Also, the sad boy kidnapped his sister, who's president of Space Japan, and by Space Japan, we mean future magic Japan, not Japan in space, because that got blown up last series. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, Japan <laughs> also, that, this isn't G Gundam. <laughs> Japan in space is in an entirely different series. I will admit, I still really love the sequence from that episode of him yoinking Kigali. Yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, It's a bad episode, but that's a fun part. And just like having a mental breakdown, that was very satisfying. Uh, Speaking of presidents in space, the Sangry Boy went to the president of space and got a sweet new Gundam. And And also a fun badge. And he was told to go school the Angry Boy on how to be a protagonist. So he went and joined the Minerva, which is Archangel 2.0, and is trying to teach Shin not to be a shitty teenager. Angry Boy. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, he's just so angry, and also he has... Like, no redeeming character qualities. He's just very annoying. Well, he's a munchkin. He's min-max. The player shows up every week, and he's like, I don't need a personality. I have a 20 in dexterity. To be fair, I thought that was Kira at first. Well, Kira was the same way, but the character, or the the player who was playing him wrote in character conflicts. So, like, on the stat-wise, he was min-max. But he had a really interesting backstory and character conflicts. This dude just wrote Shin to be like the most powerful thing on the exactly. planet. Exactly. And I- also, Kira's been maxed in that he's very good at one thing. He had to take not allowed to shoot guns <laughs> <laughs> or and can't social as drawbacks. He's so got he- like a social or charisma score of four. <laughs> Honestly, well, I'm okay with that. Like a seven. It's an it's definitely a negative. One of my favorite games is just like you come in with basically no backstory and you're just a min-max character. It's okay. We'll add some backstory later. Hey, one of my favorite characters was one that had absolutely garbage dexterity. My paladin with a six. One of my favorite players had a garbage intelligence and it was amazing. He was incredibly min-maxed, but mind flares destroyed him. <laughs> it was in peace. It wasn't like a min-max. So we just rolled out the stats and I ended up with a six in dexterity. It's like, all right. That's awesome. I go last. Didn't know five does a point by system by default? Yeah, I didn't know that. Uh, well, I learned that recently. Technically speaking, like all the D&D games are point by initially. 3-5 was not. Yeah, 3-5 was that weird dice pool thing. 3-5 was uh, default was roll. It had a uh, dice. The uh, the stat by option was an option in the DM guide. I can't remember if 4 was defaulted to point by or defaulted to rolling. I think it was defaulted to point by because a lot of the like uh, public play 
or persistent I know, play? I know all of the persistent public play is point by because they don't want you rolling under an unscrupulous GM. Yeah, so you rock up with four or six 18s or something. Or one of Tyler's oh. weird rolls where he gets four 18s and something like that and still can't do anything. Yep. Because that's just my luck. To be fair, you remember how many times it took me to get four 18s? Oh, that was a three, <laughs> so, that was a three hour. And it, you got them all in the same roll. It yep. just took you three hours to do it. And it wasn't that you were trying to. You just couldn't roll to get above a 13 the first two and a half. Yeah. So, episode 19, line. <laughs> the Hidden Truth. The Hidden Truth. You can watch it on Crunchyroll or Hulu or YouTube, probably. Or you can find it off the back of an internet truck. Or you can teleport to 2005 and watch it on TV Tokyo, I think. It's in the same time slot as Full Metal Alchemist. Um, technically speaking, we did have somebody share in our Discord that it was on in his hotel room when he was in Japan. Yeah, or live in Japan, I guess. Yeah, it's probably just in reruns. How do you hate your guests that much? What, to make them watch Destiny? Yeah, I'm he sure they have channel. other channels. <laughs> I assume it is not mandatory Destiny. <laughs> so we begin with some series recap, which we just said. Oh, also, Armageddon happened and it was bad. And so, so war. Well, it was because they didn't have Bruce Willis. They weren't quite as good at it. At, de- at deflecting the Armageddon. It's my head cannon that the cop from Die Hard goes off to be a minor. At, like, he's <laughs> like, you know what? Being a cop's too much for me. He goes off to retire after five diehards. And then they, then they send him to space. And he's like, ah, this shit again. It's like the Nakatomi heist all over again, except at, at giant space rocks. I will admit, the carriers and them jumping out of the side of them are kind of cool. But at the same time, that is a really terrible idea. Because then you can't launch them in rough seas because you'll get swamped while you're trying to launch your Gundams. That's a good point. There's not weather in Gundam Sea. Only when a main character is about to die. <laughs> and then you have the advantage because you're grunt suits. True, true, true. No, I just, I, I had that thought of like, for whatever reason, it didn't bother me. And then I was actually thinking about it the other day and was like, that's a really terrible idea. And it's not even that it looks cool. It's just weird. So thoughts on Driders? fine i don't really use them i'm not really a dark elf enthusiast <laughs> well we also don't spend a lot of time in the underdark yeah you certainly haven't spent an entire campaign i ran there no i mean we got out of the underdark that was the same campaign with the paladin of us with his dexterity six <laughs> all right so the minerva arrives at port in... is this stock footage it, it seemed very similar it to did, the original yeah. stock footage when it pulled into the port the last time around i believe it either way how do they pronounce this in the dub, the name of the city they docked in? I do not remember. Diosuia. I, I don't remember. It's not a real city. It only exists in Gundam Seed Destiny. So Anyway, Athen rocks into a room and all the girls look at him. Luna runs right up to him and Mayron is uh, jealous. He looks kind of stoned. He does. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, I think he's just tired. He's had a day. Well, I... I, <laughs> I, know, I looks like Mayron. Mayron looks poleaxed. She looks like the saddest puppy dog. <laughs> I, I don't think this is happening the same day they left. No. It's it a metaphorical not. day. Get off his lawn. Well, I mean, he still has to deal with Shin. Yeah, that is true. He has to deal with Shin every day. He has to deal with Shin and horny teenage girls constantly flirting with him. And horny teenage boys constantly talking about what they want to do to his ex fiance. <laughs> <laughs> that is still a really funny sequence. And Shin is angry because, of course, he is. He looks and more incredulous to me. There is a very, like, there's basically almost a mob going on, and no one knows exactly why. Then, of course, it switches to the Jumbotron, and we see a uh, Haro bouncing around, and yeah. They have airdropped in Muir Campbell, a.k.a. Lacus Klein, to do a, an airdrop concert. Aboard a bright pink 
Zaku with love stenciled on it, and it says Lacus Klein alive on the shield. I, I assume that's the tour. I assume this is the Lacus Klein alive tour. Yeah, <laughs> I am alive. I also uh, like the that the Haro is like her mascot. So our sure, it kind of was before. Are Haro's open source? Did like Atherin find a blueprint online and just like make a bunch of them, or did Atherin create Haro's and now he's not getting any of the royalties because he didn't trademark them? I think the latter. <laughs> okay, then this is a question I had. In the, is this an update to the HD where we see the orange goof helping her down? Because I don't remember it. I, I don't remember the original Destiny well enough. I don't think it is. I'm not sure though. I think that was in the original. I did not take note of it. The orange goof is important. Ish. The pink Zaku is even more important. Oh, yeah, pink Zaku is beautiful. It so is. So Mir is actually not, like, piloting it. She's writing down on the thing's hands. I actually really like that it doesn't have a pack at all. Yeah. Like, so you can, and you can see the place where it's supposed to connect just on the Zaku's back. I think that's a nice detail. Yeah, after the one he had at the start of the series also had that. I agree with you. It is a very nice detail. Cut to Chairman Durundal, President of Space and former Shar Aznable, smirking <laughs> at the creation of this concert. Anyway, the horny teenage boys from the Minerva are super excited about this. Well, one of them is. The other one, uh, I can't get his name. I don't remember his name. The other guy. Is just like, not to where, really? Like, this can't be right. Where Mayron and Shin look like they both didn't get any sleep last night. It's like they had a threesome with Atherin to get it all out <laughs> last night. Because they're all super tired, but nobody else is. Except for, obviously, that didn't happen. I think Mayron's just depressed. And Atherin is just like, no, it can't be. Why? <laughs> it can't possibly be. Not that! <laughs> Mirkus Klein. And he even covers his mouth so he won't, like, blow her cover. And Luna's like, you okay, man? And then we get the opening. Are you okay? Are you, are you drinking too much? <laughs> Do you drink? Maybe he's just yawning. Real excitedly. Excited yawns. It's been a day. Just explain it with, I had to deal with Shin. Everybody will believe you. Yeah, everyone's like, oh, and Shin yeah. will be like, what did I do? I've been avoiding you all day of trying to give you space. Exactly. <laughs> God, I hate the impulse. I think I've said that at least once on every episode. You know, in this viewing of the opening, I hadn't noticed before, Waltfeld is actually the first character that comes up. Because he's on the far left of the full thing. He's just in the background behind Kira. Yeah, you are correct. I just hadn't noticed that before, and I noticed that this time around was like, huh, how am I that stupid? I guess it took me a while to notice that the helmsman later on in the episode, or later on in the opening... Looks like he was, like, trying to walk past the camera and got caught and had to stop and, like, pose. And we get a scene that's going to be in the opening for a while of mere dancing. <laughs> no, mere dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. before. Oh, man, they cheaped out on the animation on the crowd, though. Yep. They did not cheap out on the animation on the gratuitous boob bounces. Of course not. Where do or, you you got to prioritize, Tyler. So my question about this concert is they know they have a cross-gender military, right? Yep. Where is, like, the dude idol for all the ladies? Because quite a few of them seem exasperated. A few of them in the crowd are into it. Are there ladies in the crowd? I was looking for some, and I couldn't find any. There is one I just saw as I was about to make that point. Okay. Um, I didn't notice any, but I wasn't looking, so... But Mayren and Luna, mostly out of jealousy towards Atherin, are kind of fed up with this. Gladys is like, really? We do get a glory shot of that orange mobile suit. And a guy with matching hair to his mobile suit gets out, and I want this to be a new policy. It kind of is. We have seen this character before. Yeah, he was in the battle uh, that involved Oops All Nukes. Um, okay. He was actually in that, but he didn't have any lines. And I don't know if we saw his character. We did see his mobile suit, though. No, we see there are pilot shots of him. Okay. I, I made note of them. I couldn't remember. And you will definitely recognize this as a guff if you know what a guff looks like. Um, okay. I wasn't using its name, but 
if you're familiar with the gif from Gundam, you will. We don't recognize. get any new campfers, do we? No, not until Build Fighters, my friend. When Majin Kawaguchi is like, I could build a Red Zaku, or I could have this black camphor. And you're like, yes, Majin Kawaguchi, feed it to me like grapes. I do remember, <laughs> I think the camphor was my my favorite mobile suit in that journey to Jaburo, because it had the mech scale shotgun. I'm yeah. trying to think what that even is. I don't recognize the suit by name. It's not actually from Mobile Suit Gundam. It's from War in the Pocket, the same place as the Highgog, which is a bad series, but boy, does it have some good mobile suit designs. So Durandal lands, and the Spice GameCube controller goes over to meet him. <laughs> we also see the person operating the Zaki on which Mir is standing, rocking out to her. I do. Her, her one-hit song. I do kind of appreciate that they show you that, so it actually is like, okay, the Zaku is actually being controlled. Like, there's somebody at the controls. It's not just moving, you know, in time. I love that a bunch of people who couldn't get tickets to this concert, or I guess are just uh, not I in think the military. Yeah, I think it's um, just not military. Are just like sitting on the hill holding up a bunch of signs that just say, Lack is love! But also, there's they a wild Millie. super derpy faces. I, I do love Millie has like, hmm, this doesn't seem correct. Like, um, she's got an expression of something about this is odd. I've yeah, photographed Lackis's, you know? I do, I do see what you're talking about, because there's a pair of female officers over there, and they're like, yeah, music's not bad, but it's not like... I'm going to go rushing over there. You know, this series has plenty of uh, things it doesn't have time for. But it seems like you could get, like, one hot guy. Like, imagine if they made Izak be a USO, like, <laughs> hot, hot model guy. Imagine that subplot just for a minute. And Diarca gets to needle him the entire time. I know. Oh, my God, that would be fantastic. Because I can actually see Izak, like, trying to hide his side of things that's like this is really freaking stupid like but his pop act, idol side but act, no not not that side like hiding the like super uber military i am the best warrior side because like that's not what the uso thing actually requires and diarca just constantly making fun of him for it i'll be right back i'm gonna go write a fan fiction really quick uh <laughs> or you know Durandal could have made Atherin do it, but i guess he, since we all we know all girls in zaft are attracted to Atherin zala but I guess he is better off as a pilot. Uh, Talia's not. Okay, that's but she's older. She's got a she's got a thing. All unattached women. But she's got a thing with Durandal. To, to Atherin. I, I'm all teenage, like all like you know, enlistee level. I feel like all these people that we have as like background objects that are not moving right now are drawn at different scale. Like different people drew each of the different background groups. Well, they're kind of in scale with each other, although Shin kind is of. towering over everybody else. Well, well that's because he's moving. And these girls at the front are, like, bizarrely short. Either that or all those guys are weirdly tall. Although Ather and Mayrin and Luna are way in the background and way more detailed than any of these closer I characters. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> like they they're, got copy-pasted there. They're about as detailed as the two women on the on the left there. Yeah, the ones closest to the screen. Anyway, Shin slowly makes his way over and contrasts everyone else, but it's like, this is not hatred. <laughs> I do not know what to do with this. This seems... Yeah. <laughs> this looks He's so, so puzzled. Confused. This appears to be something everybody refers to as happy. This isn't what do I do with color. this? I, what do I do with this? This is not rage. I guess we do know Shin has taste in music. Yeah, it's high and mighty color, specifically. <laughs> I guess. And I guess, I mean, you could apply that to most of the other people. It's like, I appreciate that this is a thing, but at the same time, it's not really for me. There must be other bits of this USO show, surely. <laughs> we just get the focus on this because it's relevant. I do plot, love but... how Atherin, Lunamaria, and Mayrin just look so confused. They're the Flybergast crew. And they've all got the same expression. I know. And Atherin flashes back to those two horny teenagers being horny teenagers. And also being like, don't you think she's changed? And Atherin's like, well, I know that's not Lacus. 
and so Lynn is like, hey, didn't you know she was coming? And Atherin's like, God, no. Uh, no, they don't tell me things like this. And she's like, well, I guess you have been on the ship. Like, I find it really funny because Luna just wants to hang out with him, and she's like, he's my cool superior officer who I, like, respect and stuff. Oh, I mean, no, I, she definitely has a thing for him. I think Luna so, does? too. I think, think so, yeah. Yeah. I was, I was later saying, in this episode. I mean, she's definitely better at playing it off, though. I was saying earlier that I didn't think Luna had anything for Shin in, in an earlier episode. Atherin. Yeah, for Athrun, sorry. And that he, that she did have something for Shin. But, like, this episode really reinforces that I was explaining, you know, things that came up later in the series and just forgetting about this whole thing early on. Yeah, I think the difference is just that Luna's confident in herself and she's like, I'm around. She's not. Whereas Mayron does not have that confidence, so. That's because she's had to deal with Luna her entire life. Well, it's definitely, like, Luna is the outgoing one of the two of them. Like, when, even when you look at most of them, like, Lu- uh, Luna is always in the front and Mayron isn't. And Mayron's always buying makeup and being like, notice me, senpai. <laughs> she gets bumped and she goes all in and just, like, does a full blush and just grabs Atherin's arm and glomps onto him. And she, for a moment, her face is pure delight before <laughs> she realizes there will be consequences for this action. And she's like, I'm sorry, someone bumped me. I mean, she legitimately did get bumped. <laughs> <laughs> Luna, disapproving Luna is great. I do kind of wish we had some of those, like, custom emojis for the Discord, because dis- disapproving Luna would definitely be one of them. Yeah, I, I need to get on that. So anyway, Atherin's like, oh, let me escort you over here where you'll be safe. And Luna's reaction to that is the one that makes me think. He has a dog in this fight, because Mayron is also on that ship. <laughs> <laughs> well, because she gets, like, determined and is like, I'm going with you. But then Shin interrupts her, and he's like, hey, aren't you going to watch? I think he was talking to Atherin as well. You, you are right. Uh, it was just talking to all three of them. Aren't you going to watch? Because they were walking off to the side. And Atherin's like, yeah, yeah, I just, I, I, um, I, I got left, a thing. I left a food so in the oven. We do have this random guy in the background here grimacing, but we also have two female officers who are like staring with the exact same intensity as everyone else around them. Well, so. they probably grew up with Lackis Clyde. <laughs> That's fair. I'm sorry. I love Arthur here. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so remember, dumb. remember how last week one of my notes was, why Arthur? And this, this, this is why Arthur. This scene is the answer to that question. <laughs> I, I love this. It's great. It's so dumb, but it's just so much fun. Yeah, disapproving Gladys is a plus one up from uh, disapproving Luna, but Arthur is so into it, and she's just like, she's checks math. Eighteen? She's eighteen, <laughs> dude. <laughs> I did have a question of whether or not I think Gladys is in on the deception. I'm actually not entirely sure if she does or doesn't know. I think she just doesn't like this sort of event. I mean, either one, it's easy to read either one, but because she's in the chairman's confidence, she's, that's a good point. I can say confidently given future information, she is not. Okay. It just, partly from this, I wasn't sure. We get Arthur bouncing as she meets, she meets the eyes of the chairman. Oh my God. (laughs) He's like, oh man, how lucky are we that we just showed up and a Lacus Klein concert broke out. (laughs) She's literally like, good grief. (laughs) How old are you, Arthur? Uh, Come on. How old is Arthur? Uh, he's 20. probably early. He's probably mid to late 20s at, at the earliest. I mean, this is anime. He's probably like 12. <laughs> no, he's got to be older than Shin. And Shin's canonically 16. But he like he just looks chagrined. <laughs> People are throwing Man. their Ks at her. She's he got the reflexes. Think, think about how hard someone <laughs> would have had to throw that because she's not standing on ground level. They all are coordinators. Yes, but throwing it that hard in order to keep the flowers from falling apart. Fair, yeah. Like, you gotta get some altitude get on that. Get a good that. spiral on and that. And especially because that came in straight, that didn't fall in. The person had to be, like, standing at her level. So, 
Really quick, last guesses on Arthur's age. <sighs> 24. 27. Okay. I know you're high. Zach is closest, oh, really? but by Price is Right rules, Jeremy wins. Is it 26? Yeah. So anyway, Mira's like, I'm so glad to see you all. Please keep fighting super hard for Zaft. You're all the best. I will admit, the pink Zaku, like, painting a Zaku pink doesn't make it any less intimidating. <laughs> Maybe slight, well, I, I think there are probably a lot of bigoted members of the Earth Forces who are like, I can destroy that pink Zaku. But then you put your super ace in it and they destroy them, obviously. I, it's just one of those things where, like, because they give the shot of the Zaku holding Mir. And it's just this giant pink mobile suit with the mono eye and like the respirator. I like that the mono eye is and blue. it's like glaring at people. Look, the Zaku's always been a good design, and the Destiny one just improved it. I'm not saying it's a bad design. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, saying it doesn't right. make it any it's less intimidating. intimidating. Yeah, it does not matter what color a Zaku is. It can be red and be it, three times faster, three times the intensity of a normal flamenco. It could be. Yeah, I was gonna say three times poppier. It's actually kind of funny. I actually have a. Uh, Battle Mech in MechWarrior Online. I've got a couple of them that are painted bright pink just to mess with people. I One day I will make the Freedom Gundam Lacus custom and make it pink and teal. That would be a really fun like Easter egg. Like if you were playing SD Gundam or something like that and you put Lacus in a Freedom Gundam, it just automatically <laughs> paint, repainted it pink. It would be nice. Uh, so speaking of, hey, remember Druggies 2.0? They're here. What the hell is the dude with the green hair wearing? Um, a gigolo outfit. He, he's going to be USO for all the girls of the Earth Alliance. Oh, yeah, after. we were just talking about the need for that. Um, He's clearly a fashionista. This actually has been established. He, like, wears outlandish outfits all the time, so. His last name is Oakley. Ah, uh, heir to the Oakley fortune. They expanded into triangular corsets at some point. <laughs> yeah, that corset. Like, I have problems with the Lacus Klein outfit. I don't understand anything about that I assume bandana on his chest. Honestly, I probably wouldn't care about it at top. all if he just wasn't, if he just had, like, the overshirt and not whatever the hell that is. I think it's some sort of flag of some sort of purple nation he's folded in, and <laughs> that's uh, how he joined Phantom Pan, is he destroyed that nation. So now he wears their flag as a trophy around his midsection. Stella's not into the concert. No one seems to be into the concert, I do concert, really, really like that we get a shot of Millie, just because it is a character that we that we know from the previous series. I like how Athern's just contemplating the concert. Like, he's trying to think of his evil scheme. And there are a couple of other female there, characters. There are female. some, you're right. It's just all the named ones we see. Don't seem they, to be into uh, it. Audibly object to it. I don't know that Lunamaria and Mayron have actually audibly objected to it. They're just like, I need I, I need to, you know, hang around Athern because... I mean, Athern's also clearly not into it. And Mayron's like, yeah, don't you think Lacus has changed? And Athern's like, yeah, sure, yeah, huh? Yep. A little. She's definitely the same person, though. She wasn't replaced by a pod person. She's not in the ocean somewhere, and I don't know where, with my girlfriend with, and my best friend, and that makes me nervous every time I think about it. She's not currently I was going to say my sister, but that is the wrong main character's sister. So anyway, the druggies drive away in their convertible. Like, look at them just having fun. It does remind me of the cars we saw in Orb originally on Heliopolis, but yeah. it is definitely not the same thing. It's not as cool. It is an electric car, though. I think pretty much all cars are electric these days. And they discussed Neo's plan to go after the Minerva. And how, like, we haven't shot it down, therefore it's a loss. Yeah, so... A draw is a loss. And things like, hey, it doesn't matter, like, the macro of the war. What matters for us is that we accomplished something, because we haven't in a while. I mean, we did just steal three super experimental Gundams, but I guess that doesn't count for anything. It's and while they're months. having, like, the super serious conversation, Stella's like, oh yeah, 
I have one singular care. I have two singular character traits. Crazy and I'm likes the ocean. I'm crazy and I like the ocean. So she's just staring at it and smiling. Why are they all so loyal to Neo? Like what? Why? Brainwashing. Because he's Mula Flaga. Say, spoilers. I was gonna, <laughs> and Mula's a great guy. Uh, I was going to say brainwashing, but I can't remember if that's ever gone into. I don't think it's specifically gone into. I just attached it to brainwashing. Putting aside the fact that he's Mula Flaga, he's demonstrably the most decent person in the Earth Forces. <laughs> yeah, that we've been shown at this point. Well, I mean, the, the, currently in there because Maru was in the Earth Forces, and so was Natarl. Yeah, I meant currently. Yeah. They've met so many Captain Beardos, and they're like, oh, man, can you imagine how awful it would be if we were under this guy? He's incompetent and a jerk. Well, there's probably a few, there are probably good people still in the Earth Forces. It's just you never shown them because that gets away from what they want to, the story they want to try and tell. Yeah, there's a guy who drives the sword calamity and the gun barrel strike. Is that a real thing? Uh, it's not, it doesn't appear in the anime, but yes, it is a real thing. Okay. I do like this effect here. We do have the one orange mobile suit, but surrounding like this one building is all gins. Yeah, I like it too. And I do like, I, I assume it's a big hotel, but it is the building that Durandal has basically taken over to be his temporary headquarters. I assumed it was like a government building, like a That's palace. That's kind of what I thought. It might be a palace. I just don't know who he would have taken it from. I mean, palace makes sense too. It does look kind of like a palace. But anyway, Gladys is here and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, aren't you surprised? Like, opening his hands wide. He's like, aren't and, you happy to and see And Gladys me? is like, yeah, I am very surprised. <laughs> he's like, but it's not the first time you've pulled this sort of thing. Anyway, Durandal goes up and directly addresses Ray, who is like, I'm really confused about their relationship. I thought for a second Ray might be his son. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. And now we get to the thing I hate about this episode, is that Happy Ray <laughs> should not exist. It's it is creepy. It's not just that he's happy. It's it. He's like... What's the girl equivalent of Bishi? I don't know it. <laughs> uh, he has never looked more like a cute girl in his life than right here. Bisho, I guess. Oh, yeah, I guess it would be. Yeah, yes. Bishojo. Bishojo Senshi Shinigami Moon, obviously. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, then he goes up and uh, hugs the chairman. What, do they ever go into what this relationship is? Yes, okay. and you're going to hate it. So uh, Arian so has excited. banned talking about it from the Discord. He doesn't <laughs> have any authority, but. I'm enforcing it. <laughs> Probably. Anyway, they hug. They're just D a couple of bros having a good time. Gladys does look kind of jelly. <laughs> <laughs> she more, more looked suspicious, concerned to me. I don't know. With that, we get the eye catch. Really early on, it felt like to me. Uh, nine minutes in, it's a little early, but it's not crazy early. You know what's not super early? This week's episode. That's a deep cut for the people who have been listening to this in quasi real time. Also, it is my theory that Durandal's whole speech in this episode is basically his rejected college application letter, and they're like, mm, that's, I'm sorry, that's like an eighth grade writing level. We're going to need you to come back after some revisions. So he's now practicing his pitch on a bunch of impressionable teenagers and seeing how they like it. Anyway, hi, everyone. It's me, a Wario. No particular announcements this week, but I just want to say thank you to everyone who throws money at us on our Patreon. It's very much appreciated. And also a special shout out to Ryan Fernew, whose name I forgot how to pronounce, even though he told me like 50 episodes ago, for like actually commenting on our website. I think he's the only person who does, and he doesn't drop into the Discord. So hey, however you want to do it, that's how it gets done. I'm not making any other announcements this week. That's it. Back to the episode. So Atherin, Luna, and Shin arrive. Orange Spice salutes them. 
apparently he outranks Atherin too. He's also a member of Faith. So they just they, are, they, they, they just kind of the like they salute each other. Faith is weird. Yes, because like he doesn't actually salute them. Atherin salutes him. I think that's that's Atherin being himself Atherin. entirely fair. Yeah, and so he did say the one line right because he no he has not he does not speak this episode. Oh. I thought he did. I don't think he did. I Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. I, I, thought thought he, one, someone, I thought he said something when he greets the chairman here in a couple of minutes. Someone said something when they were getting out of the limo, and no one's mouth was moving that I could see, so I don't know. I, I believe that was still Durundle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, Gladys is like, so why are you here? Is it like really that bad that you need to come to the front line? Yeah, oh, yeah, he does. There speak. it is. Because he's like, hey, those <laughs> pilots you ordered are here. And she's like, oh, crap, I didn't dress <laughs> yeah. properly. He I has a procedural the- line. 100% not a regulation skirt. Jesus. Also, her legs are like three quarters the length of her body. What's going on here? Sailor Moon physics. The dress code for girls just says Sailor Moon rules. They all salute Durandal, and he offers a hand to shake for uh, Atherin. And he's like, yeah, I know you. Who are you guys? I'm Luna Maria, and I'm Shin. And Shin I like is how Shin's super, like, nervous. embarrassed and nervous around it. Which is weird, and Luna's not at all, which is also... Very Luna. But. Yeah, it's very Luna, and I actually like this from Shin. That like when there's authority, he kind of respects. Then he like strength, he doesn't know how to deal with it because there's so little of it. <laughs> there's so little authority to respect well, around here. I mean, it makes some sense. We've never seen him interact with Gladys other than like over, like even when he's like milk with her over comms, it's been through Mayron. And it's been like those are people he knows and is around a lot. This is somebody who is he, he's president really, of space. He doesn't have a lot of direct interactions with the president of space. But the president of space would say, I remember you. You insulted Kigali that one time. And you were very angry. And Ray was like, chillax, man. Anyway, I've been hearing that you're uh, blowing up all the battleships and stuff. That he received a recommendation for a, for a uh, decoration. And I love how like the pre- <laughs> like shocked Luna is. Oh, God, Happy Shin is terrifying. No, Happy Shin is less terrifying than Happy Ray. I yep. was going to comment on that. Yeah, he it's weird. Like, he's not supposed to know how to have fun, but clearly he does. He's not Ray. Ah. Like, Ray has to fight to smile because he's, you know, been genetically predisposed against joy. Shin is just like an angry teenager trying to be angry at all times because his parents are dead, but you can get through to him. Anyway, he, he thinks to Rendell before he even gets the award because he's like, you'll get the results soon. Also, good job at blowing up a Lohengrin. Was it called the Lohengrin Gate before just now? I think that they, uh, when they met up with the forces stationed there, they said that's they what called they called it. They called it that? Okay. It's a good name. It's got a good ring to it. Anyway, he's like, yeah, you're doing awesome to think you were level one at Armory One. But I do like that Shin is like, yeah, it's because Commander Zola I, like, I, did all the work. I just followed orders. I really do, kind do of. love how... Which, <laughs> Atherin is super pissed. <laughs> I, I just, I love how, like, Shin deflects credit when people are directly praising him to somebody else. But he does have this attitude of, I'm good enough to do whatever the hell I want. But as soon as somebody's like, yeah, great job. You did a fantastic job. Because he he's immediately deflects it. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't know how to handle it. And Atherin just looks furious. Yeah, he's staring daggers. It's so good. It's like, that is not how I remember it. <laughs> and Luna Mariag is like giving him a side eye of, is he going to just deck Shin at some point? But anyway, and he's like, we can only have this party because you blew up the Lohengrin gate. Good job, everyone. And Atherin is like, again, he's, he doesn't look like he's entirely comfortable with being praised over it. It's kind of along the lines of, I'm not sure you should be saying, you know, thank you to me for murdering a bunch of people. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. So Gladys is like, so what's space like? And he's like, eh, status quo. Sometimes some ships meet each other for a second, but that's it. And I have to ask the question, how many shipyards do they have that they can just replace their losses that fast? Two. That's a good point. <laughs> Although we only see three Earth Alliance ships, so. 
But I, I see your but point. But the Earth Alliance fleet got completely wrecked at like two last years episode. ago. Well, oh, no, I'm yeah. talking about the Neutron Stampeder. Okay, yeah. I imagine they kept at least a couple in reserve. Well, even even the fleet a couple years ago, it takes a long time to build a battleship. Yeah, but we're just about to find out about the military-industrial complex. I feel like we need a schoolhouse rock. Just because the military-industrial complex is a thing doesn't mean you can conjure up battleships. Wait, new idea? Schoolhouse AMV. I just think we should have the military-industrial complex for dummies. I think it was there originally. But the way they have that orange goof in the background, it looks consistently like drawn into the background. I'm pretty sure it is. Because it doesn't move at all. I mean, I don't know if it was there in the original cut. Like, added into the background? Yeah, it looks like it was just added in. Because the shading on it is different than the shading on, like, that column. But it's also metallic, so... I d- the the light is coming from a different angle. That's the problem. Look at look at the lighting sources. They're not coming from consistent angles. It's coming from the top right on the column, but it's coming from, like, down and kind of to the left on the guff. That's the problem. Jesus, guys, who hired these amateurs? <laughs> so Gladys is like, so any uh, word on a ceasefire? He's like, well, the Alliance is not willing to speak to us, so no. We don't want the word to continue, but it is hard to uh, create peace when there's no dialogue. Like, frankly, it's just a big economic drain. Speaking of economics, when I was yeah. a young lad... He's like, I, I shouldn't be talking about this with soldiers like you. But this is my thing right now, and I really want to talk about it, and I don't have a podcast. So, and, and we have to get, so we've got to get these themes out there sometime, because the, sh- the plot's not going to do it anytime soon. <laughs> Shin Asuka, I'm so honored to have you here. Welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> anyway, Shin, like, starts to interrupt him, but then he catches himself. But Daryl's like, no, go ahead. I invited you here because I want to know your opinions. The opinions of teenagers. <laughs> well, he says soldiers who are on the front lines. The opinions of teenagers. <laughs> One of them's Athrun Zala. Yeah, that's fair. Also, teenagers have good ideas all the time. It's fine. I don't think Shin. I don't think Shin does. Yeah, that's the problem. I would actually trust anyone else at that table. Because what he says is, it's actually kind of funny because he basically iterates exactly what Orb's idea was in the first series. I know. But he's been so against them and specifically that, but he's very much like, hey, it's the thing Zach has been saying about him. Like, we'll fall for anything if we don't stand up for ourselves. So we have to here. And that's exactly what Orb did in the first series. He just hates Orb because his parents got killed in the, as collateral damage. And I kind of wish, like, if Shin started to have an opinion of, okay, we actually can't just fight a war of self-defense. We have to actually take territory to defend ourselves. Like, then he has a different opinion than them, right? Again, it comes up with nobody calls him on this kind of thing when this is exactly the kind of thing somebody needed to call him on. Although I do love how Atherin is like glaring at him, kind of like, dude, you were bitching about this earlier, and Luna Maria just looks so surprised. Well, especially since she's hung out with him for years, this is kind of a drastic turnaround for him. So he's like, so we need to protect ourselves, even if that means... And- kill, like, people who are living their lives need to be protected from people with guns. But Atherin's like, hey, somebody, somebody told me that you have a boyfriend. Me. Oh, <laughs> we went to different the same jokes there. <laughs> Anyway, we flash back to Kigali being like, hey, don't kill my brother. I don't know if it's my brother yet. That won't bring us peace. He'll just try to kill you. It's, yeah, it, it's, it's, basically, don't do eye for an eye philosophy. That's well, it's bad. just translating what Waldfeld told her, and she just moved it over to uh, Atherin. And who told Waldfeld that? The coffee? No, I, sorry. <laughs> the Costa. I'm going to bring this up mostly so that our listeners don't. Actually, her dad said that. Eye for, or, word for word. Waldfeld definitely expressed a similar sentiment. But Waldfeld was more like, how do we figure out like when the war ends? 
Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Because I do remember him expressing that, you know, if, if I kill you, then they'll kill me. And how do we figure, is it when everybody's dead? Yeah. And for and some reason, Catherine's just like, I don't. Pumpkin Spice is like, I don't smug know how to get it. there. He, he's like, I think Shin's wrong, but also I agree with him. Like, he's expressing his own internal conflict of like, what Shin's saying is right, but also it doesn't solve anything. And I haven't figured out how to solve something short of letting my best friend and his girlfriend have nuclear weapons and just kill, <laughs> shooting the guns out of everybody's hand with them. <laughs> that seemed to work pretty okay the first time. Uh, I mean, it wasn't, a, it wasn't a permanent solution because Kira was like, yeah, I, I've solved the problem and then proceeded to do nothing. There are no more guns to shoot. And Durandal's like, yeah, hard problem, man. It's like, why do we keep fighting if there's no end in sight? Allow me to give you my thesis. Because people suck. That's the answer. Well, that's what Shin says. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is basically Shin's answer. And Dornal's like, okay, yes, that also, I guess. Well, besides, people say we hate war, but we really love the technological advances that come with war. I mean, they're convenient. Yeah, like blood transfusions. And to be fair to Shin, Durandal calls him by name and says, why do you think why the reason Why does he call Shin Because I think he realizes that Shin will give him the answer he wants. I agree. I That's think fair. it's... Or he'll say something kind of impulsive that he can be like, straw man! <laughs> Tear you down! Like, Atherin could give him a like, good answer. Ray might already have his opinion. Know, and, and he doesn't and know Luna, enough yeah. about Luna Maria and to like, gauge yeah. her opinion. Yeah. But he clearly has Atherin's attention. But anyway, Shin's basically like, yeah, because out history, there are were people who suck. They were selfish, foolish. They wanted to take stuff. People like Blue Cosmos. They suck. Gladys is uh, not having a good time right now. <laughs> I, don't think, I think her and Atherin are like just constantly giving each other eyes like, oh, get Arthur to call us. Get Arthur to call us. <laughs> well, it's, it's like, it, this is like the backline dude coming up with justifications for it. And they're like, I'm currently being shot at. I like to think that Gladys has been on more than one date with Durendal where some random guy came up and talked to them, and then he just started going off like this, and she's like, Christ, not again. <laughs> I knew this was going to be bad when he invited all the pilots. You get Atherin in the background as he's giving this, and Atherin isn't looking at him. like He's kind of glaring off to the side. This is not inherently wrong, but at the same time, you're not right. And as everybody else, he has the attention of. But he's like, but war also has a more unforgivable side. Take uh, this cool new goof we got. I like how it's the goof ignited. Well, because it's the Zaku Warrior, and all of the uh, the old mobile suits get an addendum name on them for Destiny. Yeah, that way you can identify the right model kit. <laughs> <laughs> I, am I wrong? Probably not entirely, but they have done dumber stuff than that in the past, so I think you might be giving them too much credit. Maybe. So he expresses that they just came from the factory days ago, which means that their production rate on that is insane. And also, you wouldn't want to be driving it. Why not? I assume from the factory, he means like it's fresh off the line. Yeah, that's not what like I it's a brand new. Why would you be building a new one when you just built the Zaku? Because they were clearly planning this all along. Yeah, I also think this was already a planned production. That it was supposed to be a companion unit to the Zaku, like a commander type oh, unit. I assume they were planning on the war all along. Also possible, but even if they weren't planning on the war, we know they were doing experimental models and stuff, and they were basically just ignoring the peace treaty. Yeah, I don't know how to. They were arming up. They were already in a production phase. We maybe. Know I mean, that's just really expensive to do. It is. And yes. where are they getting all the materials to build all this anyway? They're in space. <laughs> that's a great question. Asteroids. Uh, that is one thing that abruptly started to bother me with this. And before I'm like, okay, I, I understand ex escalation. 
They do but have terrestrial like, bases, though, so they could easily have mining operations. Like, Xeon had Odessa. But not to that extent. Not to build as many mobile suits and ships as they've been building. They're mining Jupiter. That's expensive. That's definitely true, which is about to be the point. I guess what I'm doing is comparing this to Xeon in my head, which had so many models that it's a canonical that that was one of the reasons they lost the war, or that if they just pumped they out Zaku the entire time, <laughs> they probably would have won. Whereas, like, they have two new models that they have in mass production. Zaft. Um, well, it depends on whether or not they've got the underwater ones in mass production. Oh, the Ashes? Okay, that would be three mobile suits they have in mass production. But they discontinued gins, right? I think they're I still s- producing gins because they keep showing up. I assume those are all leftovers. I definitely think they produced gins in the interim two years at some point. I think they've restocked gins, but I assume most of those are leftovers because they weren't even the main frontline mobile suit at the end of the And at least we've war. still seen dins moving around. I- like, they've still been on the front lines. Again, I assume those are all leftovers. I could be wrong. Remnants of the previous army. Yeah. I assume those were already in production previously. Either remnants or they were produced prior to the Zaku and Guff Guff being introduced. Because we have seen just in like the random battle footage, more and more Zakus and less and less gens. That's actually a good point. I didn't even notice that. I hadn't either. That was just my thought on that. I forgot about the ashes, but I think they only have three in mass production. I don't even think the Guff is especially mass produced, although we see plenty of them later on that I think about it. I think my history nerd thing is kind of kicking in on that because you look at some of the ways that stuff happens in modern day, or not modern day, but like real life, going back to World War II where they had a lot of that production going in. It wasn't like we built a new model because this one wasn't quite what we wanted. It was we put a new engine in this model because we've already got all the production facilities for it. Yeah, but that doesn't sell toys the same way. I know, I know. And, like, how many models of tanks were common in World War II for the U.S. forces? Because I don't actually know the answer to that. I feel like the U.S. Common? sorted a ton of tanks. We primarily, if I remember it correctly, had the Shermans, and I think there was a tank destroyer variant of the Sherman that was commonly used by the United States, as well as the AM tanks. I would call the first two probably the same model, like from a Gundam perspective. And um, I know we produced a lot of M3 Lees, but I think those were specifically built to export to the Russians and the uh, the British. So really quick, though, Germany produced about 20 different models of tank. And look at what happened. Yeah, yeah that's no, why it's Z- not a great idea. And <laughs> that's why Xeon made a bunch of super weapons in different models, because they're space Nazis. Honestly, there were a lot of problems with a lot of the tanks from the German side. Like, they had a couple of them that, like, the deadliest enemy to a couple of the German models was a slight incline. Because the transmission was so underpowered, it would just catch fire without getting up the hill. So anyway, Dorendel's like, yeah, we're building mobile suits left and right here. Like, they keep getting blowed up. We, we, we shoot missiles. Mobile suits get blowed up. Ships get blowed up. People get blowed up. We just have to keep making new ones. I like how Shin's like, whoa, man, I didn't realize that. And to be fair, a lot of the target demographic of this show is not going to realize that. That's when fair. I was 15 watching this show, this was not like a brand new idea to me, but it did seem kind of cutting edge to bring this up. What? That war can be good for business? Yeah, basically. Or that can be a motivator. Like, not that it could be good for business, but that, that could be the main motivation of launching a war. Can be the military-industrial complex. Yep. Oh, okay. Like, again, I'm a history nerd. I kind of already understand the economic complications and stuff that can come from being at war. But did so you I'd when always... you were 15? Yes. Okay. I spent I a lot I of time too, but... watching history, so I just knew a lot of that. I just read a lot. I mean, it's certainly <laughs> not something you see commonly in fiction, right? No, it's not. 
That's because it's it's too close to real life. We don't want to talk about it. Although I oddly think now when I watch this, this seems like a way oversimplification and I really don't like it. Because a lot of times you don't see a lot of wars launched for economic reasons. You see people specifically profiting on it. Yeah, yeah it's more there are profiteers as opposed to people whose living is like starting wars and then profiteering. Well, mostly because the military industrial complex can make just as much money during peacetime. Yep. Well, but if you consider the time this was released, 2005, there was a lot of speculation, hey, is this war in Iraq really actually about business and all these contacts and stuff? It was certainly on the mind of people. That's true. I forgot what year this came out. That is entirely true and fair. I wasn't watching it at that time, so it wasn't something that really came into my head either. So no, Durandal's like, think about how expensive these things are. Like, the paint job alone, man. We're, we're not going to give you numbers, because we're not prepared for that. But <laughs> just think about it. Because because pedantic assholes like Zack on It's a Gundam in uh, 15 years will be really annoyed if we give actual reasons. And Shin, like, Shin's galaxy brain right now. He's like, whoa. <laughs> I know it. But even Atherin's like, he, this has gotten his attention. And Gladys is like, is this time for economics class? Yeah, should we really <laughs> be talking about this? And Shin's like, that's kind of distressing that this could be a thing. But Durandal's finally reaching his damn point. Which is like, people start to think, hey, if I can make a profit in a war, then maybe I can't make one outside of it. I mean, there is that theory, but at the same time, I like that. You'd find ways to respecialize. That's an insanely oversimplification of it. Yeah. So anyway, here's Logos. Yeah, and I think that's what really the oversimplification the oversimplification that bothers me is that he's not like, yeah, there are guys in the plants like that and there's guys on Earth like that. They're like, Logos, this goddamn Bond villain is just making us do wars all the time. Yeah, because there is one shot of a Zaft soldier during his spiel from the previous series, but the rest of them are all Earth Forces troops. I mean, one of them is, uh, man, I forgot his name. Azrael? Azrael. Yeah, but the rest of them are... Not him. And even then, like, they attribute Azrael to that. And while I hate Azrael, his goal was never to profit on the war. Nope, that not wasn't his motivation. I do think it was a very nice side uh, benefit. Oh, I to think him. it was he... a side benefit to him, but he wasn't out there because he was going to make money on it. He had ideological issues. Yeah, which, like, I hate Azrael, and I, I've gone into that a lot, but it's just weird to attribute this to him. And he's also like, also, they created Blue Cosmos. Sure. All right, I mean, I probably would care more, but at this point, it just feels like they're attaching logos to that as an easy way to make you be like, oh, not the racist dudes. <laughs> Wait, so did he directly declare that logos helped organize Blue Cosmos? Yes, yes. He just Why? did. I just, that's so dumb. Because racism leads to war, which is good for the money. But that could also just happen normally, like it has many, many times over the course of human history. It doesn't require an evil organization to make racism happen. Well, I think it's probably more that they funded it. I don't think they literally okay. like, let's create this organization. I think they're like, this is a good like puppet we can have. We throw some money at them, and then that's think, the way I interpret yeah, it. Yeah, fra- he phrased it as that they were the organization behind Blue Cosmos, which could mean a lot of things. Just being a financial backer would also apply. And he's like, so that's why the war will never end. Which catches Atherin. But he's like, I would like to do something about that. That's why I made a fake Lacus Klein. Which catches Shin. And we get another reused, like, honestly, it was a really cool shot the first time, but we've now seen that shot like four or five times of his family dying. Don't worry, we're less than halfway through seeing it. I know. 
think I've almost seen Shin's family die as often as I've seen Batman's family die. <laughs> Neither of you have seen Teen Titans go to the movies, huh? No. A major part of the plot is they are trying to stop all the superhero origins because they're told they'll only get a movie if they're the last heroes that exist. So they go, they stop Krypton from blowing up, they save Batman's mom. But then, of course, the world goes to shit and they have to undo it. So there is a scene where they just throw Batman's uh, Batman mother's necklace on her and shove her into the alley. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of morbid. Yes. I love it. Anyway, Mir showed up in a limo. She's running in those heels. Real good. Uh, there's plenty of jiggle if you wondered. It's I... DOA over here. Yeah, wow. Oh, my God. Jesus. And they're now walking and talking. Anyway, the chairman has offered to let the pilot stay at his palace for the night. And Gladys is like, yeah, take him up on it. You've earned a rest. Because I'm definitely going to. And Atherin's like, yeah, Shin, Luna, you should do it. I'll be the one to stay on the ship. But before he can say it, Ray cuts him off. He's like, I'll go back. I already got my kudos from Durundle. Wait, why does anyone have to go back? That's a good question. <laughs> well, I get the feeling that Atherin was like, I need to just not be here. I will admit the animation on here I don't really like. It's kind of crap um, because the character's arms are moving, but nothing else is. Their heads occasionally tilt, but yeah, for the most part. Well, it's really awkward because everything on their uniform stays static except for their sleeves. Yes. And he's, he's like, yeah, Luna's a girl and you guys are way more main characters than me. So yeah, Shin and you are the main characters, clearly. And Luna Mari is a girl, therefore. <laughs> but then a wild mirror appears. Oh no! Like she oh, just no. is in a dead sprint, <laughs> and Atherin's like, "No, how do I get out of here?" Atherin has a Family Guy fantasy about like jumping out the window, and he's now having a fantasy of Kira showing up in the Freedom Gundam to save him from this. <laughs> I totally had the I, I, the way his expression is. I totally had the uh, the image of like a Final Fantasy esque screen shatter encounter. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I really want to hack that together. We're like near dabbing as like the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think it's uh, Durundle specifically yeah. says, "Hello, Lacus Klein, whose name is Lacus Klein, <laughs> and who is clearly Lacus Klein. How is being Lacus Klein? How was the Lacus Klein <laughs> she, concert?" <laughs> she brushes past him and is like, "I can't clomp as well as Kigali, but I'm I'm claiming this Atherin." Uh, she went for it, but Luna was in her way. That's why she had to yeah. pump her out. Anyway, she's like, I heard you were here, so I got here as quickly as I could. And, and Atherin's like, like mm, uh, not here, Mirkus. <laughs> and Luna gives her the death glare if there was any question about her being interested. I assume yeah. she just hates Lacus Klein, just on principle. No, she's, I, I'm pretty sure based on a lot of the other things that we've gotten out of her so far, she's definitely got a thing for Atherin. So uh, having Lacus, quote unquote, show up and just be like, yep, mine. And she's like, oh my god, did you like, see my performance today? And he's like, yeah, uh, yes, good, sing. Chairman, <laughs> save me, please? And he's like, nope, my girlfriend's here, later, nerds. <laughs> you wrecked, <laughs> you should go out to dinner. You my do, treat. <laughs> you do realize this isn't actually my girlfriend, right? But it's good for me to keep up appearances. He's like, anyway, I was telling them to stay the night. You should stay, too. Why don't you share a room? And then, <laughs> poor Luna's <laughs> And even, even Shin is like, is this? I mean, he's a member of Faith. I know he gets treated differently. This doesn't seem right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and, and, and poor Athrid's like, oh, no. What have you done to me? But Mir's like, This Yay. isn't going to end well. But he's like, anyway, can I talk to Athrid real quick before you go? And he's like, oh, God, please. <laughs> so, so They make Mir, Mir sit on a bench. <laughs> the bench of sadness. And he's like, so how about that archangel, huh? And Athrid's like, yeah, yep. And Daryl's like, well, I wonder where they would go. And maybe you would know. 
And no, Ethan's I don't like, have any sinister motives for asking. Ethan's like, I, I totally wish you would tell me. I totally didn't dispatch assassins to murder Lacus, and that's why they left. And he's like, um, I wish I knew. It's all I can think about. I was actually hoping I'd get the chance to ask you. And Tundral's like, damn, my plant didn't work. He's like, oh, I thought they might contact you. Anyway, if they say anything, please tell me right away. Specifically with coordinates the, the and ways sh- to board the ship. <laughs> okay, I love the shot of the, the, it's the only shot we get of Kira and Lacus in this episode, but Kira is fixing the Haro, and Lacus has like her mob boss outfit on, but, but she doesn't the jacket, have the jacket. Which yeah. is actually a really good look. Yes, it is. I love how like just cozy they are with each other. Yeah. Like Kira's clearly at his element and she seems at least interested or maybe worried about Mr. Pink. <laughs> I can't tell. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. But yeah, Kira, favorite. Kira actually looks happy doing this. Yeah, like it's it's a super good cute shot of him and we don't get a lot of it. And it's actually not a bad look for Kira just having, you know, a normal turtleneck and pants. No belts. To... There were zero belts on that outfit, guys. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a small shot, but I really like that one. And so he's like, I was wondering if the real Akis Klein might be there with him. And he's like, yeah, I don't think, Kira... I mean, yeah, she would be. <laughs> Which kind of gives credence to my Durandal doesn't know who Kira is theory, although I'm pretty sure that I remembered some stuff from later after playing SD Gundam Generation, and I think he probably does. Yeah, and he says, like, there's no way the ship would leave without Lacus when he corrects himself. And he's like, oh, I was hoping I could talk to her, you know. With my knife. <laughs> With <laughs> my words. hit squad. Maybe she's sick and tired of war and how we're awful people, because she's a perfect angel. I do actually believe that he believes that, though. Uh, Maybe no? not the perfect angel part, but, like, the, she's yeah. exhausted. She's tired of this bullshit. Yeah, I do believe that he thinks highly enough of her that he thinks that she might just actually be tired of like humanity because otherwise why hasn't she shown up right or at least said hey that's not me look how i am me that is not me i am lacus <laughs> look i'll prove it i'll sink slowly and less sexily <laughs> anyway Duran's like yeah sorry to bother you you go have a fun date but if uh if they talk to you like text me and athlin's like yeah um samesies well alharo is bouncing 1.3 times the regular speed in the background <laughs> and- i think this might be a language thing but the way it reads to me from Atherin. Because he asks if you see if you get a word from her could mean either the archangel or Lacus. I've always interpreted it as the archangel the way it's performed. So it just it's because it could be either one, and I'm not entirely sure. And I like the vague the vagueness of it, but I assumed it was the archangel as well. Yeah, and I like uh, Durandal smirks and it's like, sure, I'll do that. I'll definitely tell you. Don't worry about it, bro. Does Atherin trust Durandal? At the moment, I think so. Yes. He very much does. I don't know if Durundle trusts Atherin at this point. But anyway, Mir's like, yay, daytime. And Atherin's like, oh no, daytime. And Jen's like, hmm. Brood time. City. I also like stirring at the sea. And that, <laughs> that was the episode, guys. <laughs> That's how it ends. Yeah, that does it for phase 17 line. The hidden truth. <laughs> the hidden truth. Oh my god. Ugh. Before we get to uh, next week, high point, Tyler? Oh, man, there were just so many good reaction shots. If I have to choose just one, which is really, really, really hard. Okay, I'm going to choose this one, and then I have a backup one if no one else takes this very specific scene. But specifically, Arthur being a fanboy about Lacus is <laughs> really, really funny to me. It is pretty great. Zach? I have to go with Lunamaria's reaction to Durundal. Suggesting that Atherin and that was my runner-up, yeah. <laughs> share the share a room for the Her night. Face is so. I love Luna so much. Yeah, I mean it's it's either 
her or Marin looking poleaxe at the beginning. Uh, Pink Zaku. Yeah, Pink Zaku, also good. A uh, low point, Tyler. I hate everything about Orange Spice already. You like his music. Do I? He's voiced by the lead singer of TM Revolution, who did the okay. first opening of this, the insert song of Seed, the first opening of Seed. He's a big Gundam Seed fanboy. He's the only reason there's any hope that that Gundam Seed movie is ever happening. Because he's like, yeah, I keep pestering him about it, and they keep telling me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what if he pays for it? <laughs> I do like the orange goof. Yeah, the yeah. orange goof is good. I don't like the guy piloting it. He immediately strikes me as, I want to punch him in the face. What about you, Zach? The oversimplification of the idea of war profiteering from Durundle. It's weird, it's kind of out of place, and it's like, all right, we need to uh, get some themes in here right now. I I was going to say, I'm not sure how much this is, but because he's been manipulating people so much, I kind of read it as like, these are a bunch of teenagers and they'll eat out of the palm of my hand but I'm not sure how straight the show is going to play what he just said. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on your low point, Zach. I mean, I was going to go for it, too. The thing is, for the age demographic this show is going for, I think like a simplification like that is appropriate. And maybe especially, necessary. Especially when it's not something Gundam or this sort of fiction usually deals with. But knowing where it goes, I'm really disappointed in it. But like just on the face of it here, introducing the idea, they're devoting an entire episode to it. See, the thing is, like, I would have less of a problem with it as an idea if we'd seen some more of that kind of idea throughout the series. Here, it's like, We're oversimplifying it, and we're just kind of shoving it in here because we need to put something here. That's fine. Um, And so this will fit as opposed to, like, this is an idea that has been built up, and this is the idea of the series, and this is the pathos of the series. It's just like, oh, shit, we did racism in the first series. Uh, War profiteering. And that's attached to racism because reasons. Let's see. What am I going to go with? I'm going to go with just some of the animation. Like, a a lot of times the, like, tired faces on... Shin and Marin in particular look to me like they're mistakes and, and not... they're super out of place. Yeah. Because I'm not Especially supposed... the early ones. Yeah. All right. Final thoughts, Tyler. We'll start with you. I actually like this episode fairly well, but mostly because there are just a lot of good character moments. It doesn't really do anything to advance characters or really advance the plot, but it was amusing. I got kind of a similar vibe on this one watching it as the episode. I can't remember the title of it, but when they meet Waltfeld. Because that's another one of those where they express the, like, start to express a lot of the themes of the series. But it's not anywhere near as good because it doesn't have as good of, like, a starting point for the episode. It's not compelling because there's not the conflict either. Like, the real compelling thing about Waltfeld is he's on the other side and he's expressing these ideas. And it's kind of adding on to that feeling we already have with Atherin of, hey, these are just two sides in conflict. Um, And during that whole time frame, he's doing, like, he's expressing the series' themes while pointing a gun at Kira and Kigali. And whereas, I think if we had more sympathetic characters on the Earth Alliance, then this would hit harder because Durendal would be saying, hey, there's a third option. We don't have to kill them. There's this thing. Right now, they've just been specifically being like, yeah, the Earth Alliance are huge bastards. Yeah. Neo Roanoke is the best one, and he's kind of a jerk, too. That's a scary thought. He's the best one of the lot. Yeah, I feel like I've pretty much said my piece on it. I really didn't like this episode, and I think that's mostly just realizing where we're going from here and what this is setting up. The dread is setting in. (laughs) There's definitely still stuff I'm really looking forward to in Destiny, but so much more of it is stuff like this. Oh, there is one moment in Destiny... That despite my absolute hatred 
of the series and a few of the things involved in it, I absolutely love. I would say that if this episode just evolved into like a high school AU, I'd actually I'd be down for that. That'd be fine. I mean, I definitely read high school AU fan fiction from Gundam Seed Destiny. I feel like that's a much better setting for Shin. (laughs) Yeah, it works better. Then he's just worrying about all the girls. He's just worrying about Stella and Luna and... And whether or not he should get that emo haircut. And how the captains of the football team keep bullying him and when he just wants to... Like, he's good enough to run the route. (laughs) <laughs> honestly every time that kind of thing comes up i always think of the uh the evangelion episode that involves <laughs> yeah. the very i brief love it alternate universe of that that's maybe my favorite episode of eva just because it's so bizarre despite the fact that that's the only good part of that episode uh-huh oh i like the end of evangelion but that's a discussion for another time also i'm talking about the end of the series evangelion not the movie the end of evangelion um, I think you're the only person on the planet who does. Oh, I, I know. It was not. the death of Evangelion. Is there also one called the end of Evangelion? Yes. Why? Because <laughs> it's Amy. the end of Evangelion. Yeah, it's true. Until they remake it in 2007 <sighs> and eventually finish. So speaking of stuff in Destiny, nothing feels more Destiny than like we get next episode, which is our very first clip episode, Phase 20, past, past. Fuck! Uh, don't worry. It's the first of many. Many friends. Fuck! Old friends that we can walk down memory lane with. Uh, before we're done, we have to add some mobile suits to our ranking list. Uh, we didn't last week, so we have to add that dumb Gels Gi onto here. Is is that the drider? Yes. It's objectively inferior to the crab. Yes, it's worse than the Zamzaza. Yes. Um, it's worse than a lot of these things. I think it's worse than the Mobius Zero, which I bring up because it's another mole armor. I agree. I would agree with that, yeah. Uh, its main problem is that it's a hybrid of both of the dagger and the Zamzaza, and it's not as good as either of them. I think it's worse than the Baku. I would agree, I agree. with that. It, it's again, it being a a hybrid is just hurts it overall. We're down to the low end. I think it's worse than the Zeno, which is the highest rank aquatic suit from the original series. I kind of like the Zeno. Yeah, I was gonna say I actually kind of like the Zeno because it's similar to the yeah. Hygog. I like it better than the Zeud, though. I was going to put it right above the Mobius. Um, you guys can all see the list this time, which yes. is different. Yes, this is true. I would agree with right above the Mobius. Because the Goon is the other aquatic mobile suit, and I think that's better than this. I like it better than the Goon, but I am outvoted. And honestly, I don't like either of them very well, so I'm not... I don't either. I'm not heartbroken. <laughs> but the like combo thing it just really hurts it, in my opinion. It being half and half. Yeah, it's not a good look. So do we add something for this week, too? I don't know what off the top of my head. You'd think I would have had a plan. I mean, if we're padding for time next episode, because it's a clip episode. We don't, the thing is, we don't have another mobile suit that we've actually seen do anything. Yeah, it's too early for the gif, for sure. I think we've all, here, let's look at what versions of the impulse we have. I think we might have all the impulse on there. Just sword? That doesn't seem right. Have we seriously only got the one impulse on there? I think we only have the one. I don't remember doing the force, and I know we haven't done the blast. I don't recognize either of those names, so... It's the the Force is the Ale Impulse, and the Blast is the... Uh, shooty Shooty. Shooty uh, Impulse. Should we go ahead and put the Force Impulse on here? I definitely think we've seen it do enough. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, So, obviously, we have to start with the Ale Strike, which it is worse than... Mostly it just because it's so similar. I don't think it's like... You look at it and like, oh, this thing's so much worse. It should be but... chilling down there with the Minestral. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Zach hates the uh, impulse unfairly, but I definitely don't think it's as good as the ale strike. How do we think it compares to the sword impulse? I prefer the sword impulse. I was going to say the sword impulse is actually my favorite of the impulse. It does. The sword impulse at least has some unique features, whereas the force impulse is like, hey, look, it's the ale strike, but shit. Yeah. So the dual Gundam is kind of like where I think of with generic Gundam. And I think the force impulse in my head is actually very similar. It's just like generic ale strike. Unlike Zach, I actually do like the combining aspect of it. So I would be tempted to put it above the it's duel. So stupid. I would put it below the strike. So now it's just that uh, Tyler has to. I actually like the duels. Well, no, I was going to say that. Um, I like the strike. Or, wow. The impulse's color scheme better now that I think about it. I was going to say I like the duel's color scheme it's better. I'm like, just I'm the strike's color scheme. It's, it's got a lot more blue in it. It's it, definitely different. Yeah. It's, 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 it's very it's similar. It's one now. right there in the center. Yeah. yeah it's if got, you need a reference Yeah. Point. It's also got the light blue. It's got several colors of blue. It's different. It's very similar, though. There's no doubt about that. But I will say it's a little bit different. I can see someone preferring it. I don't, but I can see why you would. The base strike has a lot more red in it. Yeah. And, uh, bo- and more white also. However, base strike doesn't have any sweet gear, so I'm going to argue for the impulse above the strike, at least, and probably also above the duel. Uh, yeah, I also think below th- above the duel, so that's where it's going to end up at. Actually, I would argue it above the dagger L, which we have right above the duel, too. I like the dagger L. Okay. So it's going to end up right above the duel at number 37, the force impulse. None of the impulse variants are going where they should, which should be all the way down there hanging out. With and then the they Minestra. can combine with each other. Yeah, so they might be as cool as the Minestrel. Yeah, I'm not sure if I've been no, if I've uh, mentioned before, but I hate the impulse. Just so everybody's clear. So that will do it for this week's episode. Join us next week when we get what Destiny is known for. It's Marcus Klein.